Hi, welcome to another episode of Walk Samichi. Uh today I I and Khayam are at Nadia Jamil's house. We've come to interview my very very old friend. Uh where the theme of the podcast is post traumatic growth. Uh as many of you would know, Nadia has in the last one year been battling cancer and chemotherapy and radiation and she has come out of the whole process. much stronger a happier resilient and an incredibly profound person so i was with nadia 3 days ago sitting on the park and some of the things that she said to me about what she had learned during these tumultuous times just stayed with me and i thought that i would just formally interview her and share her her learnings with uh, all of you hi nadia how are you hi i'm good i'm good thank you nadia give me a a short snap of what last year was like it was must have been brutal i know but tell me what the big learnings mm, i was watching tv it was um <laughs> <laughs> near the end of march okay. right i have a habit of when i'm lolling around i used to every other month do self checks just you know feel the nodules on my breast and i just had my mammogram and the 2 uh, 3 months ago and it was clear but i, I felt um uh, a remarkably hard p-sized lump sort of um almost near my underarm it was really hard and it was really in, in, i knew immediately this is not a part of my body so i called the gp the next day i got an appointment went to the gp who also uh, confirmed my suspicion that this is something out of the ordinary she got me an appointment at the breast uh, unit at arenbrooks i got When I went to the breast unit, the first thing they did was a mammogram, and it was clear. Okay. Second thing they did was an ultrasound, where the tumor showed up immediately, and they took a sample for the biopsy, and then they did a third mammogram. They positioned me in a way that they could get the back of my, you know, breast, but the um, my, my armpit area. So, and and it showed up. Anyway, they warned me. You see, then that Were look. Eleni came with me. My good friend Eleni was with me. Uh, yeah, and I think we were both. We decided whatever the news is going to be, we're going to take it in our stride. Okay. And they'd with they'd warned me. Uh, as soon as they took the biopsy, they warned me that look, it it looks dodgy because we've seen this a lot. Yeah, yeah. And then they called me in a week later to say that it's positive. They called me to the hospital. We do again. Eleni went with me, and they told us it was positive. I said, "Okay, what's the game plan?" And they said, Th- "That's the first time I got a little frightened because COVID it was thick of COVID." And they told me that surgery, all surgeries are sort of blocked for the next few months. So ideally, we want to take it out immediately. Uh, it's a grade three tumor. It's growing fast. but you may have to wait up to 6 months that is what panicked me the the thought of it growing inside me knowing it's there and they said look if if there's any cancellation or anything we, you're on our priority but uh, otherwise it's a few months wait and then we do surgery you know i i i was i, I prayed so hard i and i so you're a believer i am i am I I am I you know I've been through we'll we'll talk about that journey as well because I've been atheist I've been a Buddhist I've been through the whole like I've been absolutely and I think a lot of that the a lot of that stays with me but anyway within a week I got a phone call 
saying that there's been a cancellation, you have to be at the hospital tomorrow morning for surgery. Excellent. So I was freaked out, excited, happy, that things were moving, you know, because living with that fear of it growing is really scary. And then that's it. Lenny took me to hospital. I had my surgery on the 4th of April and everything was okay. I mean, I, 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 there, were, there were times I'd be really scared, like they, they needed to scan my liver, they needed to scan my brain. And every time I'd hold my breath, they needed to check my lymph nodes. Every time I'd hold my breath, has it spread, has it spread, has it spread. So, and every time it was like, thank God, it hasn't spread. Then around, so my, my only support system at that point was my best friend, Eleni, who was living with me in lockdown at that time. And of course, my little 13-year-old son. Around the end of April, Eleni left. She just, her mother had died of cancer. And it was just too much for her. And I, it wasn't just the cancer. It wasn't just the cancer. I think I was also just getting too much because I was the, the ups and downs. And, you know, I was irritable. I, I would get really. Is your chemo started by then? No. So you were up and down post-surgery? Post-surgery, in between all the scans. Like, I, I, you know, waiting, waiting. Is the other lymph nodes clear? Is the liver clear? Is the brain clear? Are the kidneys clear? They had to keep taking all these scans. And every time I would just be like holding my breath. And there would be times when I would go into the hospital and she'd want to come in me and I'd be like, no, I want to go in alone. And I just, I, I think I was also pushing her away, trying to, you know, be all ego and all strong and whatever. But whatever it was, I pushed her far enough that she said enough I can't I think I was also very emotionally dependent and I think it was I was leaning so strong I didn't realize how emotionally dependent I was until she left because when she left you were all alone with your family I fell apart and it's like as a lot of the public knows I was abused as a child it's those that the, the you know when I was four or five years old and and I was being abused I would sit on the stairs and I, would, I was four, like a little doll. And I remember sitting on the stairs and the image of my mother, my mother was a strong person in the house. The, my mother was the one I looked. And I remember they would leave me with staff and my mother was a mat matriarch, a strong person in the house, holding everything together. So it was her I would look for, for uh, safety. And there's this image of, my, of a me leaving and shutting the door and me crying and me turning around and saying, I'll be back. And those were Eleni's last words before she left. I'll be back. And, I, and I'm crying and I'm saying, don't leave right now. That, it was the day that I'd had my liver scan done. I didn't know if I had liver cancer or not, you know. And I said, just don't leave right now. And she said, I'll be back. And I fell apart. All those things from the past, like a, you know, train, they just hit me. And I just thought I'd been, I thought I'd been very strong and all together and holding myself together and raising these sons on my own and in England and da 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 da. But everything that I'd been sweeping under the carpet, which is why it's so important to, you know, look inside yourself, have those conversations with yourself because I, ha I was not having them. And all the stuff that I'd swept under the carpet just flew in my face and I said, I can't do it. I can't do this thing. I can't do cancer, I can't raise kids, I can't, I can't do anything. Yeah. I took an overdose, whatever was in that box. I have a big, I had, I had in I past tense. <laughs> I had a big uh, Pakistani dabba of, you know, when Pakistanis go back home, they've come back, 
with every every across the you know across the counter and not across the counter ha lexotnels to must hai the the i have none anymore so a big box full of everything and i don't know what i just stuffed my face and my boy found me i think he called lenny and then they called the ambulance and then i was with the ambulance and uh, since then it's been uphill how can you say it has been uphill because the worst part which is the chemotherapy but maybe that's just physical pain initially you were going through a lot of mental emotional and physical pain coupled with uncertainty and i think cancer also just bears you or it's all bare like you become naked you go back to the primitive you we go back to our bodies and our body is betraying us and you know it's betrayal it's like why are you young it is it i think it just squeezes out squeezes out every part of your optimism or spontaneity or and you still manage to keep it but nadia so what was the, i'm so sorry that you had to go through this it's actually very heart wrenching and i'm so good to see you like this in this state now how about chemotherapy i'm if you were alone you told me you were you were you used to go alone with these amazing drivers who from pakistan yeah, the, no, who were very they were they were not there was a driver uh, there was an uber driver who offered yeah. but actually it, it turned out i didn't ever had to call him yeah. because of my friend yarjan who's a professor yeah. he took me tania's husband took me once or twice uh, then um, for the re- every single day of radiation this yeah. gentleman who i'd never met yeah. yarjan's friend yeah. khalid volunteered took me there waited till it was over and brought me back he and he drove all the way from camborn how how brutal was the chemotherapy because a very close friend of mine has gone through cancer very very brutal chemotherapy and she says to me mariam if the cancer comes back i am not doing the chemo again it's just not worth it the chemo is pretty i mean it's poison you're being yeah. you're being poisoned yeah. but here it is i i the epiphany of how weak i had been i have depended on my i'd look for security in my parents i have looked for security in my husband i have looked for security in my friends i have looked for security in my brothers i have looked for security in everyone other than myself i have never thought dude why are you looking outside of yourself you are you have an army inside you that can wow. save your life just you are incredible just do hold on there is a gift allah has given you or if you don't believe in allah there is a gift the universe has given you and that gift is you you also mentioned to me that day when you and huma were talking and you said to me you used to go to your journeys of chemotherapy all alone even though you 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 have family and friends and you've been loved by lots of people and you said to me mariam the reason i survived is i stopped having expectations and i stopped yeah. letting people hurt me and then do you remember you said that yeah. i said to myself mariam uh as i said don't expect anything from anybody everybody has their own pandora's box of issues and problems and yeah. they itni mahan mai sadke jaao hello that's that's pretty like budha level okay yeah, so tell me uh, so how did you go to this this another friend of yours was being a bit catty unnecessarily and tweeting away unnecessary friend. i could yeah. not believe that tweet it was it, and you says mariam matti pao you know yeah. what what i'm saying is this is not the nadia i knew but like you were you were very nice but this buddha yeah, yeah, <laughs> level I, I this had a lot of anger in me yeah yeah i i, I used so, to be a very reactive and angry person 
it it ties into your last question the reason why the chemo was not that painful was because my emotional journey was so painful that it overtook everything and i uh, after i uh, tried to take my life the, the incredible nhs mental health crisis team swooped in and they took care of me and after two weeks when they were leaving i was like okay now i'm on my own and i have to start making choices my boy was so angry with me of course i mean he was furious at what i'd done i mean the, the, of course that black bag of medicines was all thrown away but he was i mean it still resonates in within him how i had not just i was going to abandon him he says don't tell me you love me i mean because you were going to leave me so i had shown him my weakest i had to show him and i had to show myself my strongest and i think when you realize two things when when you realize that you have yourself to depend on you must strengthen yourself you must take care of yourself you must the, i cried so much so much the day my hair was falling down in patches and in the center of my head it, it was all going so i only had a clump like a unicorn in the in the right here in the front and i was looking like a a cartoon and i remember i cut, i took a knife and i just chopped it off from the front and i just had these weird clumps and the next morning i asked um, called up a barber and uh, that barber came and um, cut off well clipped my hair and then the next stage was shaving it clean which the hospital did and i put that up on instagram and for me it was an epiphany looking at myself in the mirror not being able to hide behind my mane my hair so that's exactly what i wanted to ask you nadia you look different you sound different you were always lovely you're lovelier now but i see that your identity and the manner in which you define yourself has really really evolved and changed so your hair does not define you anymore uh what defines you tell me how you've changed and is is this change permanent i don't know i don't know the word permanent is really daunting but nothing i, I if i keep working on myself hopefully it will be this is okay identity i may have a mastectomy tomorrow right i may have a double mastectomy and that's another thing i identify as a woman with you know my chest is something that is i identify as a woman with i've understood i am nothing i am truly nothing i i must not these words man woman wife mother they were all created by other human beings so they can define me so it's easier for them they need to fill, i need to fill in a form for someone else to read for me i am only identified by my actions so if i am getting up to drink water and hydrating my body that will define me in my mind if i am getting up to offer water or coffee to someone else who haven't <laughs> that will define me and that's there you go and that's the checkpoint you know that i i i haven't done this or i have done this it's my actions that will define me and only my actions concern me now towards others towards my environment towards myself baki is anybody telling me i'm amazing doesn't make me amazing anybody telling me i'm you know crap doesn't make me crap it doesn't matter you basically do not allow people's opinions expectations to define you you're defining yourself you have let go of all you have relinquished all social norms as i see <laughs> 
no but you know where i'm we all are basically social creatures we live in this in this we in these circles concentric circles we get affected by what people say about us what people think of us what's what's what status goods we have or not so you're saying you've gone beyond all of these no i can't i'm not i'm not beyond anything <laughs> then I'm, you need to get to that level <laughs> let's go we need to go there together i i i don't want to ever claim that i'm beyond anything i but nothing defines me and the fact is you are what you choose to be so you if you choose to let other people's opinions affect you that's your choice it's on you if you yeah. choose to be disappointed by what somebody else has not given you that's again your choice it's not on them it kisi ne theka nahi liya wa maryam ka nadia ka khuram ka khayam ka i have my own theka dude i have my own back remember one thing nadia to define anything including ourselves is to limit ourselves we yeah, need yeah. to be beyond definitions yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah but on a happier note now what are the plans now that you have actually overcome so many obstacles you have found your your inner strengths you're giving strengths to other people just through your talks ab aap you going to become a buddhist <laughs> uh, are you and i going to some hot spring spa and think about more oh, learning that's the plan that's <laughs> lockdown learning and i think we all just need to celebrate life much yeah. more because just the way nadia it happened to you yeah. anything can happen at any time to anybody and not everybody is as strong not to become bitter but become like this and i think you've become a stronger happier and i've never seen you more at peace and i've known you for a long time i think you're the most at peace now so post traumatic growth maybe is is actually very enriching it comes at a very well, high price trauma? trauma shakes you up and when things are shaken up they're going to fall back in a different you know in a different form and that's it i mean every time trauma comes it's nature shaking you up it's it's something and it's bound to happen violence is a part of nature trauma is a part of nature it will happen it will happen over and over again but you choose do you want to celebrate what you're learning in this it's like somebody's death i choose do i want to celebrate the fact that this person was alive or do i want to mourn the fact that this person's gone i choose and i think that's what's important my my choice and i i want to celebrate that and i want to thank cancer for giving me this incredible friend of nadia jamil guys this has been so good uh, i hope you guys have enjoyed this as much as i have and nadia now that the interview is over uh, uh, i think we have lots to catch up yes. and we're going to talk more and celebrate life so and thank you so much and thank you for not letting cancer beat you but you beat the <laughs> you you just you just did did a great job i'm very proud of you okay thank you signing off thank you bye bye